Hi, and you're very welcome to the Leitrim GAA podcast here on LeitrimDaily.com. I'm Brefney Early, and joining me this week as a co-host is Aidan Rooney, of course, a survivor of that 1994 Connacht Championship winning squad. Uh, it's probably the wrong word to use, Aidan, but at this stage, it's getting so long ago, it almost feels like congratulations. Thanks, Brefney. Thanks, thanks for having me. I feel I feel great. Thank you. <laughs> that was my that was my intention. That was my intention. Um, we're going to be talking with Maeve Quinn about the ladies' final at the weekend, the league final. Of course, unfortunately, defeat to Louth in that for the ladies of Leitrim. We'll hear also from the manager Hugh Donnelly and the captain Claire Owens in that game. We'll be taking a look at the first full round of fixtures in the Masonite Football Leagues. Uh, for all the clubs across the county, Niall Woods, Upworth, Letra and Connor Sheridan of Melvin Gales will be dropping in with us to tell us how their seasons are shaping up so far. Both sides off to wins on the opening weekend. And I'll be picking Aidan's brain on all of the inter-county action that's going to be coming up over the next couple of weeks. Of course, the under-20s, just a week and a half to their clash with Roscommon, while the minors, the under-17s, in action in just a little bit of uh, of time late in July as well. But Aidan, before we get into the, the Leitrim action, of course, you have a foot in, in both camps, well, at least a, a little toe in the Sligo camp in the shape of your son, Nathan, um, he was obviously involved with Sligo this year. Their season over. They got beaten by Mayo at the weekend. Uh, what did you make of that? Of course, Leitrim's next opponents in the uh, the Connacht Championship semi-final in just uh, under two weeks' time. Well, we talked about it in a real sense, I suppose, a couple of weeks ago, Breffney, as regards what was coming down the track for both Leitrim and Sligo um, without being flippant or without looking past, you know. Um, the reality was um, Sligo were very, very poor at the weekend. Um performance level wasn't anywhere near what you'd expect it to be a championship time of the season um yeah we can talk about the gap in the teams all you want you know but that's that's a futile argument in my book you know we're, we're spending far too long um even a national media level listen, listen to marshall shea and, and the guys in last night like you know it's becoming a very dismal dismal place at the moment um championship fair against you know the bigger teams in connacht the gap is widening and, and, and it shouldn't be. You know, the reality here is we're, we're kind of um, throwing the towel in here saying this is okay from the point of view of um, Sligo. But um, I think Tony McEntee has a big job ahead of him. Um, Terry has a massive job ahead of him coming up in a couple of weeks to get the Leitrim lads ready for this challenge of Mayo. Mayo are a you know, team in super condition. Mayo didn't play exceptionally well and still won exceedingly comfortably in the Marfrick's Park at the weekend. Um few glimmers of small bits of glimmers of light for Sligo, but um, a long, long, long way to go and a lot of work to do. And, you know, you'd, you'd be hoping against hope that Leitrim can find some resolve, you know, from last year's results um, or performance against Mio and try and try and find um, You know, the talk down here is, you know, Leitrim will be harder to beat than Sligo. Um, going to Mikhail Park, I'm not, I'm not so sure, but, you know, we, we're living in hope a lot, Breffney, in recent years and, and, you know, we'd, I'd rather be living in a case of, um, you know, that we can we can we can put some solid work behind us and and compete with these teams again. You know, it's a very despondent place to be at the moment. You're listening to all the all the social media and all the national media about you know this these gaps are there forever more. Like sure, we may as well pack it in if that's the case. You know, um, if we're going to con- confine ourselves to uh, the lower regions of football forever and say that's it, you know, um, I wouldn't be happy with that outlook at all. And I think, you know, going forward, I think we have to kind of try and 
get this phoenix out of the ashes some way um and and and, and try and get ourselves back up but yeah very disappointing breath the game was very disappointing it was over after 15 minutes of the contest and you know that was kind of um what was kind of preempted before the game and it actually happened Looking forward from our own point of view here in Leitrim, um, you've seen Leitrim once at least this season, if not twice. Uh, you've seen Sligo a couple of times through your coverage with Ocean uh, and Mayo now after the championship game at the weekend. Uh, do we have a, a chance of getting through that game? Obviously, from a, a Leitrim point of view, we'd all like to think with our hearts that we have a chance of maybe pulling off a shock. I know uh, the absence of Killian O'Connor uh, was seen by many as an opportunity for us but his replacement came in and, and did an impressive job. So are we really just looking at a steamroll and a bet, in your opinion, in, in two weeks' time? I suppose, been, from a reality point of view, you know, we're looking, we're looking at, at a similar result. Um, from Nature's point of view, you know, we have to get something out of the game. You know, we've, we've had a very, very poor return in the league, um, just a little bit worse than Sligo's, which, which is very poor in the end up as well. Um, the game between the two two teams was very close at the start, and that's kind of where it panned out. Both teams were kind of third and fourth in their group, and that's where they were. Um, but but I, I I feel Leitrim have a massive massive hurdle ahead of them. The danger with players been out, Breffney, is that the players coming in are twice as hungry. And funny, I sat I sat in the Murphy's Park at the weekend, and I watched Colin Boyle warming up for the full match, and he like a man possessed to get in the Mayo team. Um, and that's what you have. You have players of that caliber um, sitting in the wings for Mayo, trying to get into the squad, into the team on match day. You know, and that's the challenge ahead for Leitrim, I suppose, um, is that you know Mayo, Mayo have a pedigree outfit who are who are highly motivated. Um, the loss of Killing O'Connor, obviously, as the talisman, is a huge loss. Um, but the the pressure will be dispersed onto you know the Tommy Conroy's and the Aidan O'Shea's and, and you know Owen Donoghue's and these guys are there, and they, they'll respond to it. You know, and unfortunately for each one, it'll be enough in Connacht, um, I'd imagine, for Mayo to respond to it. Even for a goal in Roscommon, it'll probably be enough. But um, yeah, each one's challenge is, is huge. And, you know, for Terry and the lads, like, you know, what do you look at? How do you set up? You know, is it damage, is it damage limitation or do you have a cut at it? You know, if you have a cut at it and it doesn't go well, you lose heavily. If you go damage limitation, you lose and you lose by by maybe less, but you don't score, you know. So it's a very it's a, it's a, it's a no win situation. And I suppose from the point of view of the league performances and stuff, it was um bar the Antrim kick at the end, it was it was a dismal enough um league campaign as well for Leitrim. And you know, we just need to get a lift out of this Breffney going forward, you know, just something, something to kind of grab onto for next season to try and um and, and motivate and re energize the county, you know, never mind the players, just re energize the county. You talked about hunger, Aiden, and I suppose you talk about players eager to, to get that jersey when they get that opportunity. And it's something, I suppose, that anecdotally, if we look at the, the Leitrim squad, we've had a few defections, players who've opted out since the league ended uh, for various reasons. And um, there just seems to be that lack of hunger to get back in a Leitrim jersey, maybe. I suppose maybe people share your, your belief that there's not really much hope of Leitrim pulling off a, a victory against Mayo and and they've opted for whatever reason, whether it's an opportunity to play four or five games with the club or whether it's an opportunity maybe to just step away from an environment they weren't getting what they wanted out of, whether it's game time or enjoyment or whatever it might be. What do we have to do as a county and as a setup to really re-energise um, the will and the want for lads to 
to get back into the county jersey because the girls seem to have it in spades even after the defeat of the weekend we'll talk to me about that in a while um it seems to be there for the for the ladies football but what do we have to do on the men's side uh, to to really bring back that desire to want to be in a Leitrim jersey again well i think i think not, not that it's missing it for everybody it's just there seems to no. be that kind of a on the fringes at least i'm not going to commit because it's not there for me yeah, well, I suppose the the the, the idea of sacrifice, Brefney, and that you know that kind of um, in the modern world, I suppose things have changed. Um, you know, we want we want you know bang for our buck immediately, uh, and that's right through everything in life now. You know, there's the things you know players now are calculating. You know, the amount of time they'll spend and all this stuff. And I suppose really at the end of the day, you're trying to um, to look first of all that you know um, quality and you know all that all that kind of you know technical side of the game do we have the players i'd always argue that we have the players you know um i don't i don't give in to the fact that we we can say you know at the start oh we don't have the players we don't have the resources that's too easy and out in my opinion because i think you know we have to look deeper than that and we have to look at you know um like there's a lot of tradition and a lot of stuff going on here in the background that we kind of have that we have to pay some service to you know, it's not just it's okay. It's not just okay to say, "I have enough of this." And I walk away. There's a massive responsibility attached to being a county footballer, and you know, carrying the mantle for the rest of us. Um, and I suppose that's something that you kind of say to the players. You know, there's there are guys there who are heart and sleeve, and they're and they're and they're busting their gut all the time, and there are lads who are there, kind of, you know, maybe maybe as you said, the lads that left the panel or whatever for whatever reason. It's not a good sign, Brefney. You know, we can dress it up however we like. You know, we can dress it up however we like. We can say, you know, it's it's commitments to other things or club football or whatever it is. Um, you know, that the, the ominous result against Mayo is on its way. You know, you can blame lots of stuff, but the reality is here, you know, when you are getting an opportunity to put on a county jersey for Leitrim or for any county, like that's something that shouldn't be be sneered at or scoffed at. And, you know, I'm not saying these lads don't have a right to make a decision and do whatever they want to do, but I'm just saying at the end of the day, you know, we need our best players available to us. We need everybody committing to the cause, and sometimes the cause, Brefney, isn't isn't nice. You know, sometimes it's not nice to sit on a bench and not have a jersey and not get in a team, and sometimes it's not nice to have to train three or four times a week, and you know, that's not nice stuff all the time. And you know, I suppose that's kind of what you're looking for to see: can we get back to a level where where lads are willing to commit everything to the cause? And you know, people talk about the difference in the in the elite teams, and um. You know the teams that aren't getting what they think they should get. Um, I would argue the differences in the player commitment levels overall. You know what are guys doing um, away from training? It might be a bit harsh, but I, I think it's the reality. You know what are they doing away from training? You know how much of their lives are actually committed to this county football cause? Um, I think if we de- if we delve deep enough into that question, in a re- in a real sense, and people can say, well, Edinburgh, really, you know, you're talking rubbish or whatever. That's fine, but like let's delve into that question really deeply and see exactly how much commitment we're giving and maybe then we might get closer to the answer as to why we're not even scratching um you know the counties that you know because getting football has always been cyclical it's always been cyclical for us the cycle might be a little bit longer than other counties because maybe we don't have you know the volume of players coming through on a regular basis but they do come through and i suppose at the end of the day we can't throw in the towel because we owe it to a generation of lads gone past and and a generation we lost to two icons in Leitrim Gia this year, you know, in, in Packy and Cahal. And, you know, we owe, to, we owe to, to, to their legacy and we owe to the legacy of the, of the younger players that are coming. 
you know, that, that hasn't even started yet, you know, we do owe to them to make sure that we give ourselves, you know, the best opportunity to perform. And this means an awful lot to people, Breffney. And, you know, sometimes players forget that, you know, sometimes players forget, you know, the amount of um, power they have and they possess when they take on, you know, take on the jersey and then, then they go out in the field and represent us. And that's kind of maybe the emotive side of what we're trying to get, you know, as I said yesterday, I watched me old players, you know, sorry, Murphy's Park, watching me old players, you know, sitting on a bench, um, and to stand some of them um, waiting to get on the tail end of a jersey to play to play with Mayo and that's kind of what I suppose we want every county you know to be successful you have to be you have to have to have that at the moment as you said there are players kind of disenfranchised from it for whatever reason that's not good um, for whatever reason they're gone it's still not good for us so look at it's a it's it, there's no easy answer to this question there's no there's no quick answer no quick fix um, a lot of hard work. A lot of hard commitment and a lot of, you know, getting guys all up to the same level as their counterparts across the way in in in, in Ballina or Castle Bar, you know. Why why can't we be as good as those fellas? Of course we can, you know, but we just have to go on and find our way back up to that level again. Absolutely, absolutely. Well listen, let's change uh the mood a little bit. Let's try and get a bit more positive. And unfortunately, the ladies had a disappointing uh, finish to their league campaign with defeat in Loud. Uh, but it was a very positive campaign, lifted the spirits. I think of the of anyone following that story uh, through that league campaign and onto that final against Loud at the weekend. Uh, let's have a chat with Maeve Quinn, who was at the game uh, on Sunday afternoon. Now, of course, the Ladies' League Odyssey finished in disappointment in Clonus on Sunday. Uh, Maeve Quinn joins us to look back at, I suppose, what's a disappointing end to what had been a very impressive league campaign, Maeve. Yeah, um, I suppose everybody's expectations, certainly mine, and I think all our expectations was that they would that they would do the business yesterday. Unfortunately, they had the worst of possible starts, you know what I mean? I think... Was it 20 minutes by the time four goals had gone in? Certainly, I think it, it was, was three in 10 minutes. I actually went back yeah. to look at it today for some yeah. reason. Um, yeah. Three um, in the first 10 minutes, yeah, it was disappointing. Wo- woeful start and very hard to recover from. Now, I mean, the fact that they were only beaten by four points at the end of the day shows the kind of fight that is in the team and the ability that's in the team, considering as well as that it was posts hit and bars hit and what have you. But... Um, yeah, very disappointing and I think very disappointing for the girls because they'll not be happy with how they played and they certainly won't be happy with conceding those four goals the way that we did, in the manner that we did. I suppose since Hugh has come into the, the, the position, and uh, there's really been very little scrutiny of it because everything has gone so well. It's the first kind of hiccup in the year and a half. Obviously, COVID is a bit of a hiccup, but in, in terms of on the field of play, it's the first kind of setback or, or hiccup they've had. Um, can you see them rebounding from this? Well, I think I can. I mean, I think the point about it is too. It's a huge yesterday. If we and I think we will learn from it. You know what I mean? And the girls will learn from it. huge learning experience from the point of view of that it's an extremely young team. You know what I mean? I think bar probably about six players. Every single other player on that panel is twenty four or under. You know what I mean? So it's a it's a very young team. So I mean, and I think they will. And I mean, I think they're they're out what next Saturday, uh, the tenth against Fermanagh, and that'll be a good one to well, Saturday week, I should say. Will will be a good one for them in terms of regrouping and and getting back out of it. And I mean, big learning experience, very young team, and I suppose 
okay, some have been in All Ireland's at underage level and and what have you, but few would probably have been in an All Ireland final before at the same time, and the intensity that's needed from the start of a game for that sort of thing and what have you. And Loud brought it. I mean, Loud were were runners up to you in in 2018, and you could see that they were hungry for it. Not that Leitrim weren't, but from the start, Loud really had their homework done. I suppose maybe looking back at the game, you know, like Leitrim outscored Loud um, in the end, yeah. scores wise. Yes. Which kind of gives you an yeah. indication of how much of how much work they did. After the poor starts, you know, so I suppose you talked off air a second ago about the favourites tag. Um, like we've all suffered from that over the years in each. And when you, when you do carry that mantle, it's a very rare occasion you carry it. And when you do carry it, it's very difficult to carry it. And I suppose from yeah, that point of view, you know, it was a great bounce for the rest of the game. Yeah. yeah. No, and I mean, they, they did, you're quite right. 15 scores allowed 13 scores. And, and I mean, with such a horrific start to the game, the fact that they came back and, and I mean, Michelle Gokin's shot that came back off one inch to the right and that was in the back of the net. It was extremely unlucky. I mean, Moran equally had an unlucky uh, miss as well. And then as well as that, Moran was through one time and the referee had the hand up for advantage to give her free when Moran had actually broken through. You know, there was, you know, there's more. And it was at a moment in the game, it was probably about eight minutes from the end of the game, crucial time where if and Murn was actually had broken through the players from the advantage that was being given and the free was given when when she was through on goal basically do you know what I mean and that can and very frustrating uh, she had got a free earlier too I think that she'd have preferred to be given an advantage for but in this particular instance she was through and like there's and as I said the favours tag is very hard I mean you're going into a game you really have to be nearly have a ruthlessness when you're favourites, because it's very easy to actually go into the game too relaxed or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And I'd say that with the younger players, it's probably something that probably, you know, the ex- not having the experience of those well, type of big games, to be honest, you know, maybe. Well, I don't know. I think I would say that the younger players um, that were playing got stuck into the game. My, I've... I, I think the younger players were faultless that were, that were that were on the on the pitch. To be honest with you, and I suppose, you know, um, just we know. got we got caught. I think being a little well, been a little too loose in the back. I mean, if you concede four goals, you've got to look at your backline. You really do. And I suppose before that, and I had said this to you previously, Brefney, we conceded two goals in a previous game and three goals in another game in games that we were well ahead of the other team. So, you know, it does, there's, there's, we do need to look at that, you know? Yeah, I think the manner of the goals maybe was more disappointing than actually conceding them because all three in the first half, they were either from a sloppy mistake or just a girl just having a run and literally unmarked, sticking the ball in the back of the net by the time she kind of made her burst. Uh, I thought as well, Maeve, uh, you didn't mention the two goalkeeper saves late on in the game as well. Like, Leitrim absolutely had the, the opportunities to finish the game off. And I wouldn't be taking maybe the complete dis, uh, despondency from the, no. the game. It was a really good performance bar that first nine or 10 minutes. And I think yeah. Leitrim showed they were probably the stronger side. They just couldn't claw their way back into the game. Is that yeah. fair to say, Mav? Absolutely, absolutely. And you're quite right. There was two fantastic saves made on top of the ones that hit the bar and hit two boats on top of that. Uh, absolutely, you're quite right because... Uh, 
the goalie made a huge saves for the two that you're talking about. And yeah, and I mean, I do think fair play to the players because they almost did it. They almost did it from, from what was a horrific start. Um, they pulled it back. And I mean, four points is nothing to lose a game by um, in it. And yeah, no, I wouldn't be at all despondent on it. And I think maybe a great lesson, hard lesson, it has to be said, and, and you'd love to see them up in Division 3, but they will get there. Um, a hard lesson to learn. But do you know what? It might be just the sort of, uh, if you like, uh, shock that w- that was needed. Well, maybe let's hear from some of the people involved in the game yesterday. First of all, let's hear from the Leitrim manager, Hugh Donnelly, and the captain, Claire Owens. Claire Owens, disappointing day? Yeah, it's, it's always disappointing when you lose. Um, when it's a final, it's, it's probably a bit more so. But uh, yeah, disappointed with the results. We, we gave Loud too much of a start. We worked really, really hard to, to make up that uh, difference, but we kind of just ran out of time, I suppose. In terms of that start, I suppose three goals in the first eight minutes, it's very hard to get yourself back into a game, but you did manage to, to die with your boots on at least, created the chances in the, towards the last quarter of the game, just couldn't find the back of the net with enough regularity other than the penalty. Yeah, I didn't actually know it was three goals in eight minutes, that is quite the, the hit to take. Um, yeah, we, we did get chance. we created chances in the second half there. Um, they didn't come off on the day, on another day they might, you know, that's, that's sport for you. Um, you'll often get them when you mightn't deserve it. I felt we deserved something out of all the opportunities that we had, but again, look, we weren't entitled to anything here today. We came the same as Loud, looking to win a final, and they came out on top. Ladies sport and particularly ladies football has a has a habit of, of nearly turning games around like that. You beat them by eight points earlier in the league. Today, a five-point margin on the other side. How tough is it to take that, knowing that on any given day you could have won this? Yeah, it is tough to take, and especially... You know, we knew people talked about a point winning margin and you know a, a clean sweep in the league or, or you know all results going our way. We knew that that game was going to count for very little here today. Um, they weren't eight points worse than us back in Ballinamore. Um, they were probably five points better than us today. Uh, I'd like to think if we got them again, we could even it up. But um, yeah, on the day, loud they were fully deserving of their win. I suppose tension now turns to the. Uh, Connacht Championship in a couple of weeks time uh, thoughts on that have you even had a chance to even think about that or has it just been focused on today after that yeah well, well we reset for the, the All-Ireland Championship now um, against Fermanagh in, t- on the 10th of July so I suppose we, we might ta- take the week and, and just go at it again um, there, there's not a lot of time which is probably a good thing like we've a lot of hard work done so it's not back to the drawing board and, and fresh late and start all over again We're, we'll build on the last session that we did Um learn from today and and bring it forward with us in terms of uh, the next week i suppose a lot of players maybe coming out of today's performances have to pick themselves up a little bit they weren't bad performances but just the mood will probably be a little bit down uh, how do you turn that around with such a tight time frame to that championship game well like, we know what we're capable of we know today that we didn't do ourselves justice we know that we can do a lot better so you know, obviously today, tomorrow, maybe Tuesday we'll be disappointed, but very quickly we kind of have to, to leave that aside. We'll take a few learnings from it and we move on. Um, I'd like to think that every girl going in there today that got the chance to come out of the field will ultimately be happy that they got the run out and, and that they did everything they could. Like we, we didn't, as a team, start very well, but we, we dug ourselves out of a hole and, and we, we could have done it. On another day we might have. Listen, Claire, hard luck today. Um, I know it's tough to take, particularly, I suppose, the, the fact that you're going to be in Division 4 next year is probably the most disappointing thing uh, once the trophy has been handed out. So uh, best luck for the next couple of weeks and uh, hopefully we'll be looking at a, a good championship run. Yeah, thanks very much, Bethany.
Hugh Donnelly, uh, your thoughts after that defeat? Ah, yeah, look, we're, we're disappointed. Um, more so from the fact that we didn't, you know, perform in the first opening um, quarter in particular. And as the game went on, we, we started getting into it. But look, you, you can't afford to give Louth that start. Um, and credit where credit's due. Look, they, they punished us. And if it was the other way around, you know, we'd be, we'd be quite happy to accept it. But look, um, yeah, it was a, a pretty disappointing opening 17, 18 minutes. Yeah, a blistering start for them. Three goals in the first eight or ten minutes. Um, you did fight back well, and I suppose for the for the rest of the game, you were probably the stronger side. You just couldn't seem to either beat the post or beat the goalkeeper yeah. when the chances did arise. Yeah, that, that's true, and I can't fault the girls in particular the second half. You know, we, we fought tooth and nail and threw the kitchen sink at them. But look, it, it wasn't to be our day. Um, as I say, credit or credit due to, to Louth, they, they performed really, really well. They, they had their homework done. Their keeper pulled off three or four good saves. Which in turn, in any other game, they probably wouldn't have been in. Um, but look, it is what it is, and and you know we, we've got to learn from it, use it as this experience. Uh, two weeks now to the championship. Uh, what's the, I suppose, the, the plan for the next two weeks? Yeah, well, look, we'll, we'll give them the week off. They've worked really hard this last number of weeks, and and um, you know, despite all and despite losing tonight, we've made massive progress individually and collectively as a county. So it's important that we go out and, and, and let them enjoy tonight, and and you know, give them the week off and let them go back to their clubs and and let them analyze the game themselves, uh, and then collectively we'll, we'll do it at the end of the week, and, and we just pick ourselves up and we'll go we'll go again for Fermanagh in, in two weeks' time. Now you've spoken at length about this was the project that you're involved with here to kind of lift the fortunes of Leitrim. How much of a setback is is this result today in terms of the overall plan? No promotion that, that comes uh, with the defeat. Look, it's 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 a setback to a certain degree. It depends how big a setback we let it be, I suppose. To be perfectly honest, we we, we can regroup and, and go at this and, and, and enjoy the championship and, and throw the kitchen sink at the championship. And look, if, if, if everything we got everything first time that we went looking for, then you know life would be so much simpler. We've got to learn from it. We, we'll we'll um, go back to the drawing board. We'll um, I suppose we'll see things today that we haven't seen maybe up to the, to, to present time. So look, it's it's a case of learning from it, um, using it as, as an experience, and, and we'll just go again. What if you uh, could go back and, and re-watch the last sixty minutes of action? Is there anything you do differently? In the uh, look, no, not not initially. You know, at, at the end of the day, we try to do matchups and get the matchups. And unfortunately, for different various reasons, you know, you got to give Louth credit. Louth were, were were so much sharper, and 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 you know, they were very clinical. They're very direct, and and we just for some reason. And let's be perfectly honest, we have struggled on occasions throughout the national league in certain quarters. Uh, we, we you know, outside of the Limerick game, we started pretty much from the get-go other games we struggle against Antrim we struggle so that's something we need to address but look listen as I say we'll go back I, I don't want to make too many comments because I want to go back and, and analyse, analyse it properly and, and uh, take it from there Listen hard luck today and the very best luck to you in two weeks time I'm sure we'll be chatting to you ahead of that No bother thank you very much so there's the views of the manager and captain after Sunday's game. Um, disappointed, but I suppose very optimistic about the chances coming into the Intermediate Championship in a couple of weeks' time, Maeve. Now, I suppose one thing that struck me as I was watching the game yesterday was we made a couple of early substitutions to bring in the likes of Myrne Devaney and Alva Clancy, who didn't start the game. Um, we've seen this through the league that the perceived, maybe by the supporters at least, strongest 15 haven't necessarily started like Ailish Kernan has been left on the bench, Alva Murren have come off the bench at various stages through the league. Uh, they will be seen as our strongest players by most observers. Yesterday in a in a final, can you get away with that strategy in, in an All Ireland League final? We didn't get away with it yesterday, anyway. Um, yeah, I suppose I, I I believe that 
I, I heard that Ava had been suffering from a knock that she had got in the Manor Hamilton game, so I'm guessing that that's why she wasn't starting, that they were trying to see if the good mind her or whatever. Um, Warren, I think she has commitments to soccer, but uh, I think I think we're all in agreement that uh, anybody and a number of people have spoken to me on it that uh, she certainly is is one should be one of our 15, even if she is committed to training elsewhere, shall we say. we definitely uh, She's definitely going to train any time she can make it when she's not, say, if you like, away with international duties or whatever else. Um, and, yeah, we could certainly do with her starting. I think championship, I suppose, for the league, a manager is always going to try and give players a chance to show themselves and, and prove themselves and what have you. And I don't think Mern or Alba, for that matter, need to prove themselves per se. But uh, I'd be hopeful for the championship that... And I mean, I I genuinely believe that most managers try to start games um, with the strongest team that they can. You know what I mean? Now, I suppose we certainly have got away with it in the league and it has been amazing to see some. There's a huge strength in the panel and it is a very hard job with the panel that's there at the moment in terms of making. I don't envy anybody trying to make choices on, on the players that are starting. You know what I mean? And... And I suppose you want to see how people are going to do, but uh, and it has been great to see certain subs coming on during the year. But championship is coming up next, and championship is a different uh, animal, shall we say, to to league, you know, and and like that, an All Ireland League final is a different animal to playing league games. Yeah, I suppose uh, the only question I have on that, I suppose, from an external viewpoint, is is how managers handle that situation internally. We don't know. You know, we don't know what what um, Hugh Donnelly is saying to the girls as regards, you know, the players who are playing, uh, I suppose, soccer or whatever else. And um, it's a difficult enough situation for a manager, you know, having been there as well in that situation where you have, uh, you know, people who are fully committed to, say, your game, Gaelic games and girls and who are our boys who are between both. And it's, 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 I, I have sympathy for Hugh Donnelly in that situation because I suppose he's trying to keep his camp strong and keep his camp, I suppose, yeah. all together and tight and still play his best team. And it's a, it's a difficult area. Yeah. And I can understand both sides of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you're quite right there. 100%. It has to be said, though, there was a direct clash yesterday between the, the final and uh, a soccer game for Murren, and she chose the, the GA. So it's not a case of soccer wins every time with Murren. There's very much a, a priority mm-hmm. list, it seems, in play. And um, One incident that I, I liked, uh, after the crowd had gone everything, there had been... Um, Leah Fox was taken off late in the game. She didn't seem too happy about the idea. Um, there was a bit of an exchange between herself and, and Hugh on the sideline when they came off. They obviously had different opinions. Uh, it happens. It wasn't a big deal. But I, I saw afterwards, as they were making their way out of the off the pitch, Hugh called Leah over and there was a little exchange and you know, it ended with a fist bump and a, a smile. And I, I think, to be fair, and we may have kind of got into a little bit about it, but I think... I think he's done a great job and I think he has the respect of the players and I think he's really put together a really professional setup there. I, I think that backfired on him yesterday, that ambition to keep everybody to the rules. Sometimes the rules don't quite work, if that makes sense. And yesterday maybe was a lesson for, for everybody involved. But um, I'm really excited about what the potential for them. I know you've you've tipped them as a, a serious contenders for that intermediate championship. I think they'll have learned from, from Sunday and hopefully uh, we'll see the better side of that in the next couple of weeks. Maeve, thanks very much, as always, for dropping in, having a chat with us about the, the ladies' game. Uh, did you have a game yourself this weekend? Were Bridget's in action? 
No, we thanks. Thankfully, <laughs> we had a bye. We had a bye this week, so uh, so Sunday was free and what have you. So I was able to head head down the road early. Yeah, I did catch the two senior games over the weekend. St. Francis had a good victory over St. Joseph's on Friday night in Drumshambo, while Balnamore beat uh, Glencarn Manor off the top of my head, I think it was 216 to 18 on Sunday. Very interesting scorelines thrown up because, of course, the county girls not involved this year. So it's given a real nice kind of opportunity for girls to get in who might have made start 15s before to get 60 full minutes under their belt and for others maybe on the fringes to get some time on the pitch. And I think we're going to see some interesting scores in that competition. But at the same time, I think we're going to see some players coming out of at the end, which is ultimately what it's about. Maeve, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks very much, Bradley. Welcome Conway, uh, start of the championship season on Sunday against Mayo. Exciting times for Leitrim Hurling? Yeah, yeah, looking, really looking forward to it now. Um, a bit tough ass now, Mayo are a fabulous team. They beat Donegal last weekend, so uh, they're top of the table. Um, we, we know what's coming ahead of us and we're you know, preparing as best we can and getting ready for them. So, yeah, looking looking forward to Saturday. I think Saturday, 3 o'clock in Castle Bar as... Uh, is the time and uh, just really looking forward to it at this stage. Yeah, of course, uh, we're getting very familiar to sending teams to Castlebar with the footballers there the following week. In terms of, I suppose, the season so far, uh, league campaign, your thoughts looking back at it now? Uh, oh, look, um, frustration is probably the overwhelming uh, factor from the league. Uh, you know, we were bitterly disappointed with the first loss against Louth, and once you lost the first game, um, you know, even though it was controversial circumstances, uh, we knew we couldn't win the league. So that hit the players hard uh, because they had their heart set in trying to win the league this year. So um took us a while to recover from that. Uh, you know, we, we used the opportunity to, you know, blood on some young players that we have and experiment a little bit with the team and get... Uh, Know, get match fitness and match play into players that hopefully will stand to us uh, for the championship. So, um, at, uh, yeah, look, at hopefully it'll bode well for us. You know, we 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 um, we didn't didn't play well in the league, but we learned a lot of harsh lessons and a lot of things that we've worked on since the league. So, hopefully that'll all come together on Saturday and and uh, we'll show that we've improved since the league and hopefully keep improving. Second that. Uh, season at this level, the Nicky Racker level after success at Laurie Mar two years ago. Uh, what have you learned from last year that you'll be hoping to bring uh, both on, on the pitch with the lads and off the pitch to the game at the weekend? Um, I suppose it's even tougher this year now because uh, two teams were relegated last year and the there's a lot less between, you know, I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's, it's a very tough competition. Like, uh, you have Donegal, Mayo, Tyrone and Armagh and there's nothing between any of them and then um, ourselves. So like um, what I've learned, if you don't play for 70 minutes you get punished. Uh, that's one thing. We, we we did play 45 minutes against Mayo last year and, and put them put them to the pin of their collar and, and just a 20 second spell where we unfortunately missed the goal chance and conceded a, a goal. It, the game just, you know, the heads went down, the game got away on us. For, so, look, that's one thing, you know, you can't drop the heads when things go against you, but you have to put in 70 minutes against these teams. If you don't put in 70 minutes, you won't win. How are you looking in terms of player availability? Have you a full deck to, to deal from? <laughs> um, short answer is no. Uh, quite a few injuries, but um, 
still very strong. Well, you know, we're very happy. We're very happy with the players that are coming in uh, into the panel this year. They've they've um, you know they've really taken on board what we've talked about uh, and and improved. So it's it's fantastic and. Um, we're going to end up with three games in three weeks or three games in four weeks. So the squad is going to be, you know, tested to the limit regardless. So we'll have a few lads missing on, on Saturday and uh, that's what it is. That's what the squad is for. And, and um, you know, hopefully, I'm sure Mayo will be missing a few as well. So that's that's just the nature of the beast. Explain to us a little bit maybe how the, the fixtures work in this competition because a lot of people won't be that familiar with this around the county. Uh, you have three teams on your side, two teams on the other. You might explain how that works. Um, well, yes, there's three teams on our side. So we did get the tough side of the draw with Donegal and Mayo. They both uh, were in the final last year uh, and are the two teams that are favoured to win it and, and probably rightly so. Uh, Donegal beat them in the final last year. So... We play Mayo and Castlebar this Saturday, and then we play Donegal at home next Saturday in Park John, McDermott. So um, we, if, if we could get a one, we could get a semi-final spot. Um, not guaranteed, obviously, but it goes a long, long way towards securing a, a semi-final spot. And uh, if you lose them two games, you go back into the quarter-final and you play the losers of either Tyrone and Armagh. Uh, and a, basically a quarter-final and the winner gets back into the semi-final and the loser gets relegated so um, it's a r relatively condensed championship uh, there's no real breaks in between it uh, if you could secure a, a semi-final slot on our side of the draw you would have a weekend off and the other semi-finalists will have a weekend off but if you don't you're you're playing every weekend for nearly five weeks till you get to the final so it, it's yeah it's going to it's going to test your squad no matter what way it is so it's uh but the lads are really looking forward to it you know we 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 will try and put on a fantastic performance like and that's what we'll be trying to do you saw last year maybe in the club football championships here in the county that when you're playing week on week on week it, it kind of lets you build that momentum and you kind of can build up a, a head of steam that can drive you on from game to game is that something you look forward to or do you prefer to have that little bit of extra time between games to kind of plan it out better? Um, I suppose if you had no injuries, uh, you'd like to be playing every weekend, yes. If you had a full squad, uh, if you pick up injuries and niggles and problems, then you'd be looking for a weekend off that you could try and get lads um, recovered and, and back and back on the pitch again and get them moving again. So, um, yeah, look, there's pros and cons to it. Like, there's no doubts about it. If you could get... A one or two under your belt, you build momentum, uh, build momentum, and and that, you know, that goes a long way at, at this level. If you can go into any of these games confident and, and and the tails up, like we can we can hurl with any of the teams that's there. I suppose this season with the the streaming of your league games earlier against Loud and and Cavan back in in Parkshaw McDermott, it gave maybe people around the county who haven't been to a Leitrim hurling match the opportunity to maybe get to know some of the names and then watch a bit of the action. Five or six, seven hundred people watching those games at, at various times. It, it brings a little bit of an extra level to it that maybe would have been at games before. Does that factor in at all in terms of the, of the kind of the coverage you're getting? Um, well, I suppose not really. Uh, you know, when we would have our own little sort of bubble, and we wouldn't be th sort of thinking outside of that. You know, the fact that the games were um, were were shown was was fantastic, and like you say, there's lots of people that probably never seen a Leitham hurling game, watch them, and and that's. That's brilliant. I suppose the other factor is we would have liked to win a game, which would have, um, you know, we haven't shown what we're capable of in any of the league games, which is uh, probably the most disappointing factor out of the league. That we, you know, in glimpses we played for 
15 20 minute spells and we heard very well but then we just didn't didn't do it for the full game so yeah look at we we'd always take all the support we can get like you know we we know uh, you know next week like if if we get to park sean we'd be hoping we'd have our full complement of 100 people there and even this saturday against castle bar you know and and to be getting behind these lads because they, they do work very hard and, and um you know sometimes you don't always get the rewards for the hard work you do but we're hoping we're just hoping that we can put in a really good performance against Mayo and, and show what we're capable of and if we do that you don't know where we'll be by the end of the game you know I suppose that's my final question to you as people coming in maybe without much knowledge of the game in the county and, and the, at this level what's success for Leitrim at this level is it getting to a semi-final is it competing for the title is it just surviving and staying in the grade I suppose you can't judge that until the season is over but you know our goal is to win a Nicky record we, we believe we're good enough to win a Nicky record you know it is tough Mayo, Donegal are hard hard to beat um, Armagh, Tyrone very good teams as well and very hard to beat but you know we're 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 here on merit. Um, you know the lads got up to this division and and we managed to retain it last year and put on a very good performance for 45 minutes against Mayo. And, and there's no point saying otherwise. Mayo have a lot of top class players and very good hurling clubs. So like we are probably slightly punching above our weight, but we believe we're good enough to be here and 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 we believe we're good enough to stay here and we believe we're good enough to win the competition. So that's our aim. Uh, for me, success is as you know, I dare say it, winning trophies. You know, I, I believe winning a trophy. We, we were hoping to win the league this year. We didn't do it. Uh, you know, you know, next year that will be the goal for the players again. Go and win that league. And then if you can win the league, you can build into the championship. So we want to stay in the Nicky record. That's first thing. And second thing, we also want to win a trophy. And that's, that's where our aim is. We want to win. Simple as that. Hopefully that all kicks off on Saturday in McHale Park in Castlebar. Uh, Oaken, thanks very much for joining us and having a chat with us. Thanks very much, Bethany. Thank you. Now back here in the county, it was, of course, the first full round of fixtures in the Mace Knight Football League in Division 1, 2 and 3. And full four games played on Saturday evening in Division 1 of the competition. And we're going to talk to Connor Sheridan of Melvin Gales in just a few moments after his 13 points to 1-8 victory uh, over Leitrim Gales in Leitrim Village. But the other results, just for accuracy, Mohill 317, Glencar Manor 4 points. Ahawillan 118, Anaduff 313, and St Mary's Kiltard 36, Sean O'Heslin's 213, a four point victory for the Ballon and Moor men there. But as I mentioned, Connor Sheridan of Melvin Gales joins us to chat about his game and how things are going up in Kinlaw at the moment. Connor, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks very much for asking me. Well, let's start with the game. You were down in my neck of the woods, Leitrim Village, on Saturday evening, and you left with the, the two league points, up and running, first win of the season, first game of the season. You must be delighted to kind of finally be back, playing a bit of football competitively, and uh, to get the win is always the icing on the cake. Yeah, look, it's brilliant to be back playing football, I suppose, after the whole lockdown, and, you know, everybody yeah, has been cooked up for the last, year or so so no it's great to to be back playing competitively um and yeah no it was it was good to get a, a result on on saturday and good to get the first two points it was a tough enough game i suppose both teams were probably under strength with missing some county players from from both the under 21 and senior panels but um yeah look i think it was uh both teams were glad to have the game i'd say and uh 
we'll probably have tougher games ahead uh, in uh, in in the in the league and championship to come. I'd say. In terms of, I suppose, the game, what can you tell us about the game itself? Uh, were you kind of did you lead the whole way through? Because all we have to go on really is a is a is a final score. Yeah, I'd say it was it was fairly tight um, up to. It was fairly fairly tight uh, throughout the game, I'd say. Um, I know we we probably had a few goal chances. So did Leitrim Village in the, in the first half. Um, I think it could have been about three points in at halftime, maybe. Um, and then, yeah, Leitrim Gales came back into it well in the second half. We we had a few chances, goal chances again to put the game away, um, which we didn't take. And then Leitrim Gales came back and, and scored a, a goal probably with about five minutes left which which put a point between the teams um, and then yeah we we managed to to hold out I think we were under a bit of pressure at the end and uh, but yeah it was good to good to come away um with a, a victory I know we we lost our first round of the championship in in Leitrim Gales last year so it was good to, to put that to bed and Connor how did um how did the, the players find the lockdown I, I see here our own lads in 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 in, in Sligo. How did the Melvin Gales lads come th- come through it? Are you all through injury free? Are you all back, kind of um, where you'd expect to be back at, or have you had some surprises? Like, are you looking at lads and kind of going, lads haven't done enough? Or how is it lying for you that way? Yeah, look, I think uh, it's probably been tough enough. I suppose you you've missed a good bit of your pre-season per se, but I suppose everybody's in the same boat. Um, you know, we've been back training since the lockdown lifted, I think it was, was it the, around the 13th of May or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, look, I think the lads are putting in a, in a good effort. Um, and yeah, the fitness levels have definitely improved in the last few weeks. Um, and yeah, I think the four games that we're going to play now in the league will definitely, you know, they'll help uh, building up to the championship. Um, I suppose the fact too that there's no there's no relegation from the league. I suppose it's it's kind of I suppose in some ways, from the manager's point of view, I suppose James is happy enough that you know the 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 you can get your performances in without any kind of repercussions of them, and you can try things out and all that kind of stuff without having the pressure of actually having to um, you know ensure league league points. Um, your county players, I suppose, are a big loss to both to to all teams at the minute. But I suppose it's 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 hard to build when you don't have them around you too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose it is, but at the same, in the same uh, token, it, it probably gives the younger lads a bit of a chance to, you know, get a few games at senior level under their belt, um, and you know that should should bring them on as well. So, yeah, look, I think it's just good to be back playing competitive football after the after the lockdown. Um, I think everybody's delighted to be back out playing. I know it's. Yeah, you're probably missing a little bit of the competitive bite if there's no um, relegation from uh, from the division or whatever. But yeah, I think look, it's in the current circumstances, it's good to have the games, and you know, I think it will benefit all all clubs before the championship. It's something that we didn't have last year. Uh, I think we yeah. we only had yeah. two. We probably had two championship or two challenge games. Sorry, before we played uh, the first round of championship. So that was more difficult. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good to have the have the few league games uh, before the championship this year. 
Yeah, Connor, it's a more it's a more real, real, realistic season, isn't it, Connor? It's a more realistic kind of, I suppose, approach. I know the games mightn't be competitive per se, but at least there's kind of some structure to it this year. You're getting games before you go into championship football. And um, I suppose one thing I jumped to kind of is kind of the elephant in the room, Connor, as regards the championship. And I know you'd be looking at it and Carrick and Mara Hamilton, but Mohol, Mohol at the moment are putting down a serious yeah. marker. Um, you know, I've seen their two results to score six seventeen in the first game and you know three seventeen against Manhattan in the weekend. And I know teams are under strength and I know they're not you know they're not putting out their full sides and all that kind of stuff. And but it's um it's a serious marker from the point of view of getting ready for championship football. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they seem to be flying. Um yeah, two very high scoring um results for them. So I don't know, we're playing them in the, in our third game, so um, yeah, it'll be a, a tough one away from all of them. So, uh, I saw a bit of their game at the weekend. Uh, the the four the, the score doesn't flatter them at all. They were very much that much stronger than Manor at the weekend. But I think it's probably more of a sign of of some of their more experienced players not being involved with the county. The likes of Danny Beck, Don Flynn, and plenty of other players there as well. Ronan Gallagher, to name but a few. The whole way through was nearly littered with former county players, whereas Manor didn't have that same experience uh, to call on on, on Saturday evening. Connor, uh, you mentioned about um, been missing your players sort of twenties, obviously, and seniors too. Um, since last year's championship, there's probably three or four of the starting forward line that aren't involved with you anymore. Dar- or aren't involved in this league campaign. Dara and Killian, obviously, in with the, the seniors. Quaylon in with the under twenties. Emlyn has moved somewhere. We won't talk about when Aiden's here. Um, but so, <laughs> did, it, did it give that opportunity for uh, for younger lads maybe to come in and stake their claim and maybe show a bit of leadership and and put uh, their name in the frame for a jersey come a couple of weeks' time when the championship rolls into town? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I think we we probably had three three debutants that never played senior football before, and it started on on uh, Saturday. So yeah, no, it was good to, to get them lads in and, and get them some experience under the belt. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I, look, I suppose everybody's on the same boat for the league. They're, you know, they're missing some of their key players, um, which, you know, it, it's probably not easy. Uh, and yeah, you know, tactically and stuff, it, it probably, it's, it's not great, but at the same time, look, it, it is what it is. And, uh, it's good to um, just get the games, I suppose, yeah. But you're right, Connor. I suppose yeah. it's across the board. It's across the board for everybody. And it's kind of, I suppose it is an, it is an even playing field in that regard, is that everybody's in the same boat and getting the same. But at least you, you made a point earlier on, you're right. At least you're getting games. You know, you're getting games, competitive games of a nature. You know, whereas last year, you didn't have that preparation. You had to go straight to championship football. And you weren't sure where you were. You know, some teams got a good run last year. Some teams didn't get get you know get as good a run. And this year, it'll be a little bit more calculated going into the championship. You'll know better where you are, I'd imagine. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think the, the games will stand to to everybody. I'd say yeah. In terms of the, the I suppose the ambitions for this year, obviously championship semi-finalists last year. Uh, you go into this with a, a league campaign, you're up and running now, first win. What's the hopes for the year? Where can Melvin Gales go to this year? Can we see them back in a semi-final this year? Can we see them maybe going one further? Yeah, we'd see. Look, I think we're we're probably a team in a little bit of transition. Um, we've you know a lot of younger players. Um, 
so we'll see we'll see we'll take every game as as it comes i suppose and um yeah look i think if we could push on from a quarterfinal except mary's picked us last year in the quarterfinal so look, apologies apologies yes mix yeah. it up the round yeah yeah i think the year before we bet at mary's in the quarterfinals yeah. but um yeah look if we could um yeah take a step a step further than last year i think um we'll we'll take it from there then uh, fair enough. I can't really argue with that. Apologies, I was mixing my ears up. Uh, I knew you'd, you'd ma- matched up with them twice. Uh, Connor, listen, well done on the on the victory. Uh, even though it might be the most popular around my neck of the woods, but uh, congratulations on a good start to the league campaign. And uh, we'll be chatting to you and your teammates as the season progresses. Thanks for dropping in. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks. Best of luck, Connor. There was also a full round of fixtures in Division 2 of the Masonite Football League played on Saturday evening. Uh, Fina St. Callians 2-5, Drum Riley 2-10, Drum Hare 4-8, Upper Sheelan 1-16. Fairly high scoring game there, plenty of goals at least. Carry Gallon 2-14, Balneglera 3-8, and finally Alan Gales 1-5, Gortletra 2-15. Of course, Gortletra getting ready as well for that intermediate final leftover from last year. We're joined by their player, Niall Woods, now. Niall, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Refni. How's things? Great. You're more than welcome. Um, good start to the season. You must be delighted to leave Drumshambo with the, the, the victory on Saturday evening. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I suppose even kind of more importantly, injury-free as well. Um, these few weeks, getting trying, just trying to get games under the, under the belt, get the fitness up. Um, but like, if you can come away with a, a clean bill of health is, is the main thing, really. Um, and just try and get the, the, the mileage into the, into the legs ahead of the final against Adolf. So the same question, Nigel, we were asking all the all the kind of players we're talking to the minute, and I see my own my own guys here in Sligo the same. How, we, how have you come out of the lockdown? You know, have you come out uh, as good as you'd have expected? You know, injury-wise, number of players wanting to play, all that kind of stuff. Has it been good? Um, we've, it's probably a bit of a, a, bit of a, a mixed bag. Um, we have a few injuries there, but I suppose the the final, although it would have been great if we could have played last year, it's been a good kind of focus point um, for hitting the ground running. Like, lads came back probably in better shape than, than they would have if we had maybe a six or eight week lead into our first championship game. But knowing that we had that yeah. game there against Adolf and we needed to be able to hit the ground running, I think that focused the minds a bit more. Um, lads made sure to keep them keep themselves ticking over. But look, at, like any team and, and come back after a long layoff, like them soft tissue injuries, we have a couple of them now as well. So just trying to keep that to a minimum um, is a big focus. But to be fair, it was actually maybe a little bit of a blessing that we have something like a final to look forward to that we can actually come back and we need to hit the ground running. No, we, we have no time for kind of a, a slow start, really. Yeah, I saw you a couple of weeks ago against Leitrim Gales in a challenge match over in, in your park over there. Um, you looked in fine form that night, able to score a will nearly uh, in that game. And Leitrim Gales have been there, thereabouts, quarter finalists in the senior championship last year. Mm. You must be fairly optimistic about your chances. I hope or Alan Gales will be at the weekend, also a senior side. Um, you must come into this game with uh, high expectations for that build-up for that intermediate final. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, one thing we've been do- we've been doing well is we've been scoring well. Um, now we probably have a little bit more work to do on the other end of it, um, but. Something I've kind of I've even noticed from the other results, every team seems to be scoring well. Um, so we all probably have a bit of bit of work to do on, on the other end. Um, yeah, like 
we're probably about maybe two, three weeks ahead of other teams fitness wise because we have to get ready for the final. So like you can read into it and think maybe okay, Elytra Village are a, a senior team and get big heads um about that. But you have to realise where you are. They're prepping for a game three weeks after our final, which is, is August time. We have to hit the ground running on, on the third weekend in July or third weekend in July. So yeah, you kinda of have to take the good with the bad and try and maybe maybe reality check yourself sometimes as well. Like it's great to be beating senior teams, but realizing that we're probably on a little bit further down the road fitness wise as well. So that makes a big difference. You might talk us through the game at the weekend. Uh, how did it play out? Um it was kind of it played out in well in very sunny conditions. It was tough. Um and it, it was hard, but obviously look good for good for getting you getting you prepped for, for games further down the line. Um, it started off ourselves. We kind of took a bit, bit of control in the first, um, in the first quarters, as you could call it, um, and then things kind of evened out as I went in the kind of middle two quarters, um, and then to be honest, the scoreboard probably flatters us. We've done a lot of scoring in the last, in the last between the the last water break and, and the end of it, we got two very quick goals, which probably put a gloss on it that maybe wasn't fair. A lot of game was played around the middle of the field. A lot of it was very physical. Can definitely feel it in the, in the couple of days since anyway. Um, like I think Alan Gale's brought right back to to a draw us at half time, um, or or just t- shortly after half time, and then we did take over a little bit. And I suppose that's probably where the fitness is telling that we are that that bit fitter at this time, um, because we have to get ready, um, for the final. But yeah, as I said, the the goals really just made it look like there was a bigger gap than there actually was. There probably really wasn't. Um, we were very evenly matched. There was lots of Interesting individual battles. If you were maybe a neutral um, looking in, you would have been good to see it. Um, and I suppose we just got we got two kind of handy enough goals that we weren't able to get in for much chances other than that. And this time we managed to take them. Other times you might miss them and get blocked out, blocked down, or things like that. But um, yeah, it probably put a bit of a shine on the scoreboard that wasn't really there. If we're being honest with ourselves. I suppose as regards Niall, you're. Um... You know, Gertletra as a club and, and the ambition for the year ahead. You know, um, I suppose I'm a fair bit older than you and there's a, there's a huge proud tradition in Gertletra as a senior club over the years. And do you find that pressure on yourselves now um, as, the, as the next generation of Gertletra players to bring that bring the club back up to that yeah, level definitely. again? And, 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 you know. Yeah, odd, odd. We, we, we do. And, and like, I suppose the... The expectation around the around the parish will be that we wouldn't just be maybe a yo-yo team up and down. We have to be up, up there and also challenging, not just kind of up there and getting to quarterfinals and being safe every year. So, look, we have a lot of work to do to get to that level. Um, and the first step is getting right back up there. Um, I suppose it's a funny year with an intermediate final um, and then the next year, 2021 championship kicking off a couple of weeks later. Whoever does win that final, if they don't, they have to make sure not to get carried away because they could find themselves right back down intermediate by the end of the year. Um, so like if if it's us, we need to first win the game and then get our get our kind of ducks in a row for senior championship. Um, in the, in the two three weeks later, whatever way it's whatever way that the fixtures uh, pan out. Um, but yeah, exactly. And that's look that's the ambition we we need to bring ourselves forward, but also not just be happy enough to be senior and have that tag, but to actually be challenging realistically, like years ago when it was like you're considered top four um every year and kind of in with a shout of winning it look at we'd love to get back to that and that is the ambition it's just because always being a little bit patient is is uh is key 
I want to ask you about that, Niall, as well, because um, it must be very difficult to be focused on an intermediate final and then to, it is a two-week turnaround. It's really tight mm. to the first round of the of the, the fixtures of the inter, inter, of the senior or intermediate championship, whatever it is. Like, how do you deal with the the excitement of winning the championship in that tight window when you're preparing for another one, or how do you deal with the disappointment and not let it affect <laughs> it into those two weeks if it doesn't go your way? On, on the yeah. end. I guess be realistic. It's it's as much chance of either happening. Really, it's a very tight fixture between yourselves and enough in the final. I look at it, it is it's two evenly matched teams like they got the better of us last year so we're under no illusions um of what's going to happen but to be honest Bethany it's probably a case of um we'll cross that bridge when we come to it we have to just do job one um on the third weekend in July we just have to get that, get to that far and look at either team should be in in good in good nick to to take on whichever championship they have to after um as I said cross that bridge we come to it and if it's a senior championship, you would be hoping if you're getting fit enough for a final to win intermediate final that you would be fit enough to partake and, and challenge in, in the senior championship a couple of weeks later. Um, and then similar to that, on the intermediate side, you should be ahead of teams in terms of conditioning and stuff like that. Haven't had that focus point a bit earlier in the in the in the, in, in the year. So yeah, look across that bridge as we come to it, we, we'll deal with whatever is thrown at us um, afterwards. And um, that's definitely a. a a conversation for maybe the Friday night after the final or something like that. <laughs> I suppose, Niall, I suppose looking at um, what's happened and I suppose your preparation for the intermediate final, um, what's happened on the inter-county scene, it, I'm just wondering from my own perspective and probably you know every player and manager's perspective, are we going to see the same in club football? You know, teams that have prepared better than other teams and, and come in because there's, there's a massive sway at county level at the moment between teams and we're seeing it in championship games mm. now where there's massive gaps and you're kind of wondering I wonder will the club scene be something similar or you know will there be teams that have been very diligent over the six months and have prepared well and you know like yourselves obviously you have a focus which you've pointed out a couple of times and that's great you know so mm. you, you, you might be in a very strong position going into this year's championship you know because you're, yeah. ahead, of the, you're ahead of the chase yeah and Honestly, yeah, that that would be what you'd be maybe hoping for, for whatever comes down the line. That momentum will carry you through. Like if whoever, whichever team wins, wins the final, it it hasn't been kind of unusual for, and even in Leitrim from over the years. Whenever whatever team wins the intermediate, the following year, even though there's a bit of a gap with a the winter there, the following year there's momentum there that brings them usually, oftentimes. Well, obviously Melvin Gales were were the team that went straight and won it. Ourselves, yeah. I think we went straight into a quarter for, or a semi final the following year so I suppose people will say winning is a bit of a habit so having got to a, to a final if you can be lucky enough on the day to win it then that'll carry you through and you're you're almost kind of on a bit of a high and you're kind of floating so it comes quite easy to you maybe afterwards um, but definitely yeah if you haven't prepared or you will be found out I suppose there's no way of hiding um, the kind of proof will be in the results whatever whoever's done whoever does the most work on, before they get to a final and, and during it in the game usually come out on top. It's kind of, it's not really rocket science sometimes, you know. Absolutely. Well, listen, Niall, uh, the best of luck uh, next weekend. You're playing Harry Allen at home. Um, yep. Another step closer to that final. I suppose it's very hard not to talk about that with yourselves because the league is is the league this year. There's very little at stake. There's no promotion, no relegation. So I suppose it's really just a case of, of fixtures leading up to that championship final in, in a couple of weeks' time. So, uh Best luck on Sunday, Saturday evening as we play Carrie Gallon in Gortletra 
and I'm sure we'll uh, be focusing in a bit more on you over the next couple of weeks ahead of that intermediate final. So thanks for joining us this evening. Lovely stuff. Cheers, lads. Good luck now. Okay. All right, cheerio. As well as the top two divisions in the Bayside Football League, there was, of course, three games played in Division 3 of the competition as well, and they were all finished. We'll go through the results with you. Now we have Clune 2-8, Glenfarren, Kilty, Clare, 8 points. A solid six-point victory for Clune there, while Ahavas enjoyed a win against Bornacula, 2-9 to 7 points in Drummond. And then a massive high-scoring game, uh, Kiltubert 3-14, Eslin 5-14, and by all accounts, I believe an absolute masterclass from Connor Byrne in Eslin, uh, scoring virtually every score Eslin got out of a massive 5-14. I think he, I already got uh, 3-14 out of 5-14. Apologies to anyone I, I may offend by omitting them, but uh, from three or four different sources, I've heard he had a, a masterclass nearly got every single score. Um, Aidan, you're used to kind of, I suppose in your playing days, putting up big scores. You were the free taker. You were kind of the, the target man uh, with the club as well. But did you ever score everything in a, in a scoreline like that? Not almost everything in a scoreline like that. No. No. <laughs> I always had help. I always had some help. Yeah, it's a, a huge addition. And we wonder maybe what uh, a, a fit Connor Byrne difference we might make in a county team. But maybe those uh, days have, have long passed for him. Of course, we had uh, other games take place over the weekend in the Reserve League in Division 1. We'll go quickly through the scorelines there. Glencar Manor, 7 goals and 9 points to Melvin Gales is 113. Drumkieran, 315. Carrie Gallon, 8 points. While Fina failed to field a team against St. Mary's in Division 2, Glencar Manor 3 9, Ahawillan 3 8, and nailed by their single point victory for Glencar Manor Hamilton, while Kiltubbert 9 points and enough 2 16, Sean Heslin's 3 11, Alan Gales 2 6. It's an eight point victory for Balnamore in that particular clash in Division 3. Alan Gales 9 points, Muckle GA Club 3 13, St. Mary's Kiltard 7 7. That's 7 goals and 7 points. To Bornacula's 3-9, so a fairly comfortable, I make that, 10-point victory for St. Mary's in that particular clash. Uh, Gortletra got a walkover against Balneglera, who failed to fulfil their fixture in Division 3 of the Reserve League, while Nave Porrick, or St. Pat's in Drumahair, 2-15 to 5 points against Ahavas in that particular game. There was a couple of games played in the ladies' leagues as well in the spring, spring league group one with the, the senior sides of the stronger sides. Balmore, Sean Hessens, 216, Glencar Manor, 1 8, St. Francis, 3 9, St. Joseph's, 1 8. That game played on Friday night. Uh, on Sunday morning, St. Mary's Kiltahart, 6 points, Drumahair, 6 16, Kiltubbert, 2 13, Mohal, 7 11. Uh, that sounds like a uh, shop, I think, at this stage, but a 7-11, the final score for Mohal there. Dervila Byrne uh, has been in prolific form for for them uh, in this league campaign. Uh, Drumkieran in Division 3, should I said Drumkieran 9-15, Anaduff 6 points, a very young Anaduff side, while Fina St. Collins uh, gave a walk over to Kielder Gales, so no game played there. Uh, in lots of action, nice to be back in the club scene, plenty of games to be played. I know you're back involved, you had a game yourselves over the weekend in St. Mary's and Sligo. Um, what have been, I suppose, the, the, the major learnings from you based on what you've seen of the Leitrim Club Leagues so far? Because obviously we've talked about it with the lads, there's very little to play for other than getting the fixtures fulfilled, uh, but it still seems to have that little bit of competitive bite going to it in most of those fixtures. 
I suppose once you put a ball in play, Breffney, it'll be competitive regardless of the. Um, I know you, you know we we've said the competition's ardent, and there's you know there's there's no outcomes to them, and that's fine. But the 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 big overriding factor I think for all the clubs is the amount of players that are getting football, and um, the fact that it's clashing with the county football and county hurling is giving massive scope to clubs to play younger players. Um, we've three games played in Sligo, and Leitrim has just started last weekend with a couple of games played. You're going to get a massive amount of younger players through into adult football this season in particular because there's scope to do so. Um, in normal season preparations, you mightn't have the same volume of, say, senior football for players that you have at the minute. You know, you might have reserve team or, you know, second team or third team football, certainly. But the amount of young players that I see, you know, in, 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 in Leitrim playing uh, first team football, that, that has to bode well you know, for teams going forward to increase their number and to give more lads um, the taste of that kind of um, that kind of action. Some of the results are a bit lopsided. You know, obviously teams with, with a greater volume of county players are going to suffer a little bit more. You know, um, lots of teams in transition at the minute. You know, we're talk, talking about, you know, teams that are kind of going through, um, you know, some massive changes. You know, Carrick are up and coming. Manor Hamilton are, are trying to resource themselves. Melvin Gales are coming with a new brand. You know, there's lots of new stuff going on. And, you, you know, you have the Gordetchers coming up and, and it does fighting together, you know, intermediate football and senior football. So it's very vibrant at the moment. And it's kind of what you would have expected coming back from such a long period of um, inactivity. So it's great to see, you know, but particularly younger players, younger lads, you know, the 18, 19, 20-year-olds are all getting a chance now to play in adult teams and senior teams in particular. And that's the one thing I would take out of it. It's great. Because um, I suppose, again, going back, going back to years, Breffney, you know, younger players nowadays don't realise how young we played adult football. You know, maybe it was wrong. Maybe it was right. I don't know. But, you know, I think a lot of us were playing at 15, 16 years of age in adult football and there wasn't a question asked. Whereas nowadays that had nearly be seen as, um, you know, some kind of abuse to put lads at that age in, into adult football. But look, at the minute lads are getting in playing and that's a great, that's, a, that, that, that's, that's fantastic for the clubs. Absolutely. No, I think my first adult game was a couple of weeks after my 16th birthday. So, and that wasn't that unusual back then. So I, th- I think this is better. I think the fact that you have to be over 17 to play yeah, is, yeah. Is, is more positive in the long run, but uh, times have certainly changed. Looking forward to the weekend, of course, we have a full round of fixtures. I suppose the highlight of the weekend is that Leitrim clash with Mayo in the Nicky Rackard Cup. Uh, the first game for Leitrim, Mayo already up and running. They beat Donegal last week by three points. They topped the group and can seal top spot in that group with victory over Leitrim this weekend in McHale Park in Castlebar. Uh, we're looking forward to a couple of Mayo uh, Leitrim clashes in that story venue over the next couple of weekends. There is, of course, a full round of games on Saturday at 7 p.m. in the Mason Night League Division 1. Sean Heslins host Mohol, while St. Mary's travel to Kinlaw. They'll face Melbourne Gales, Glencar Manor, and Ahawillan will do battle in Manor Hamilton, while Leitrim Gales make the journey to Anna Duff for their last game in that particular group. In Division 2, Ballon and Drummer will do battle in Balneglera, while Gortletra face Carrie Gallen. Up in Sheelan host Fina and Drum Riley will play Alan Gales at home on Saturday evening. And then finally, Division 3, Clune play Drum Curran. Eslin face Ahavas, while Glenfarn Kilta Clogher will play Borna Kula. Um, plenty of games, and then I suppose just one other thing to mention, I suppose, in the next week or so, is that under-20 football championship clash on Tuesday, 6th of July, in Dr. Hyde Park, in Roscommon, against Roscommon. Uh, this side ran that Roscommon side pretty close back in the championship in 2018, 
as uh, as under 17s and are fairly optimistic. There's a good team around them. Benny Guckian we'll have on the show next week talking about uh, his side's chances. But there's a good, experienced bunch of, of people around that. Kevin Ludlow is the goalkeeping coach, and the Lions is involved as well. Um, Jimmy Guckian, one of the coaches, uh, another uh, St. Mary's man. But uh, there have a lot of inter-county experience off the pitch with that particular bunch of lads and some really exciting players coming through there, the likes of Donald Casey, uh, Paul Keeney, Tom Pryor have all tasted action with the seniors in the last 12 months. But there's some really good young youngsters coming through that have played a lot of senior club action last week. Are you familiar with them, Aidan? I know you would have been in around Sligo Miners as those lads were coming through underage. Yeah, they're a bit younger than the lads I would have seen, but I would I, I'd be familiar enough with them with 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 some of the older lads coming through that group. Um, like this is a shot to nothing in the sense that um, form doesn't mean anything in this competition. You know, it's starting from from a clean slate. Um, all the teams are going to be kind of um, coming out of the blocks the same pace. There's nothing gained here. A couple of challenge games played. You know, so. I don't think Brendan Guckin and his guys will have any fear going to Hyde Park, Chagan Roscommon, um, particularly this grade. You know, we talked there earlier on about the, you know, the senior um, situation at the moment. Um, that doesn't pertain at under 21, you know, under 20, sorry. You know, under 20 is a, is, is, is a competition where all these lads are, you know, relatively the same. You know, they're in college. They're all doing the same stuff. There's not the gap that maybe has developed, you know, by the time they get to 24, 25. Um, so I'd imagine you know, Leachman are going there um, in expectation more than hope, you know, that they can that they can get a result. And look, I suppose in the season that's in it, Brefney, you know, the reality is here, we need we need some positivity. We need something to give us the lift. And, and now it's down to the younger lads, it's down to the 20s and 17s to find something. I know the 17s have a real, a real crack at a Connacht final as well, playing Sligo in a one-off semi-final in a couple of weeks' time. So, you know, there's there's hope here with the, with the underage grades that we can get, you know, get you know, restore something from the season and move forward because look at this all seems doom and gloom sometimes when you talk about, you know, your current situation, but one game changes all that, you know, one performance, one game, we've all been there, you know, we're looking at stuff and kind of going, the glass is half empty and all of a sudden the glass is half full again and we're all off and running again. So look at, I think Brendan Guckin is long enough around the business, you know, the team of guys with him are all experienced guys, you know, these lads are going in in a good position into Roscommon um, with nothing to fear. And I think I'd be, yeah, be optimistic that Leitrim can go and can get, get something out of that game. I've seen the prizes, a semi-final against Sligo, as you mentioned. So um, probably, well, I don't want to jinx anybody, but it's the perceived easiest run to a, a kind of finalist, avoid goer Mayo and both underage sides have a chance of doing exactly that if things go their way over the next couple of weeks. Aidan, it's been a pleasure as always. Thanks for dropping in. Uh, the best of luck to your St. Mary's side over the weekend, but we'll also wish everybody playing games here in the county uh, the best of luck over the next couple of weeks. Of course, this show, as always, brought to you by winawedding.ie. Your chance to get your hands on a €25,000 valued wedding at Lockrain Estate and Gardens. Uh, it's a competition being run by Leitrim GA in conjunction with the venue. Uh, you can get all the information and purchase your tickets for 25 euros in that draw at winawedding.ie. I've been Brefney Early. Thank you very much, Aidan, for joining me. It's a pleasure as Thank always. You, and we will talk Thank you. Anytime. And we will talk. Oh, by the way, before we go, I better uh, 
I suppose mention it, uh, Colin Regan, due to be with us next week, is taking a, a skip in the rotation. And that is because he is currently on paternity leave. He and his wife welcomed uh, a new baby into the world this week. Congratulations to Colin. And uh, we will catch up with him in a couple of weeks. We'll find out all the gory details uh, and all the beautiful details of that as well. Uh, Aidan, thanks very much for joining us this week. We'll be chatting to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Brefney. Thank you.